1: Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our show is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. We are thrilled that this podcast is gaining recognition as a resource for business and entrepreneurs. From MSNBC's Your Business to Inc.com to a whole host of other sites worldwide, Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is because of the guests that we have had over the years and um, including this year. I mean, we just it just keeps getting better and better. And we've been really fortunate that all of these folks have given of their time and their knowledge to come on this podcast and share their expertise with you, the listeners, so that you can do better things in your business. We have one of those people with us today, and that is Terry Dean. Terry went from delivering pizzas for Little Caesars at $8 an hour to creating a full-time income online in 1996. Over the past 21 years, he has coached and consulted with thousands of entrepreneurs in hundreds of different markets on how to earn more, work less, and enjoy life using the power of the internet. So great to have you with me today, Terry.
2: It's great to be here, Diane. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, thanks for, for this. This is um, something that that I know so many small business owners are interested in, a lot of them struggle with, how do we really take advantage of the internet? And and I know that one of the important parts of it that I also think is sort of mysterious is conversion, you know, converting visitors to customers. So uh, can you share, I, I believe you have a formula for boosting those conversions. Can you share with my listeners what that looks like?
2: Yes, Um, I use a pretty simple formula, which I developed after speaking at a lot of internet marketing conferences and other types of marketing conferences. And at a lot of these conferences, they had a session where we had what they call hot seats. And that was, they'd give us like 15 minutes to 30 minutes to look over someone's website and see if there was a way that we could help them improve their conversion, improve their numbers, improve their business. So I had to come up with a way that I could do this quickly and eventually refine the formula down to the point where I could even teach this to somebody and, in those conferences i could teach the the listeners in about an hour the whole system exactly how to use it and then they could do the reviews of websites they would barely even need me at that point so i could teach my position out of a job at that point. That's how well it's- <laughs> I, I, I call it the golden glove because I want you to just think of it as a hand, okay? Because your hands are always with you and it's always there as a reminder. And so when I look at a website, why look at an email or a video or anything else that I'm trying to use to convert? I look for five points that match up with the five fingers of your hand. And those five fingers are the desperate problem, unique promise, overwhelming proof, an irresistible offer, and a reason to act now. And of course, we can go over each of these five pieces and what they mean. And um, let's, I'll just start with the first one. And that one is Thank the desperate you. problem. That means the very first thing I would look at, at on your website, if you came to me and said, Terry, my website's not converting the way I'd like it to. The very first thing I'm going to look for is I'm going to look for the desperate problem. And the desperate problem has two components to it. The first component is, are you calling out to a specific audience. If you try to speak to everyone, you end up speaking to no one in particular. That means, you know, who are you calling out to? Who is your best prospect, your ideal client? Are you calling out to them in some way on the website? And the second piece of the desperate problem is, are you talking about the problem that you can help them solve? People come to us, they do business with us because they have problems that they want solved. And we need to call out who it is that we can best help And the problems we can best help them solve. So that's the very first piece that I look for on someone's website or anything that they're trying to use to convert visitors into sales or subscribers into sales or pretty much anywhere that we're using persuasion.
1: Wow, that's really great. And thank you so much for saying that when you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody because it's, (laughs) it's so true. And so many people either want to say a whole lot of stuff or they want to be really general because they're afraid they'll miss out on someone, that someone will come there with some very specific need and they won't have mentioned it because it's maybe a peripheral part of what they do and they'll feel like they missed out on business.
2: They do. And see, the problem is if you try to cover everything, we're not going to be able to see everything. You have to keep in mind that we, it depends on your website and what type of business you're in, but it's not uncommon to see 50% of traffic on a website to be mobile now. And that's going to continually increase. If you're a restaurant, it's going to be higher than that. In some other businesses, it might be lower than that. So it just depends on the type of business you're in. But we're getting more and more mobile traffic. And that means that people don't see a whole lot of information from when they first come to your website. It's very limited what you can say and who you can speak to. And I've seen over time, I do a lot of consulting. And my enjoyment in my consulting practice is greatly determined by the clients I attract. If I'm attracting the right ones or the wrong ones. So I, and I don't know if, if you do consulting, you've probably seen the same thing, which is it only takes one really bad client to make you miserable. Ah, no
1: kidding. It's best. so true.
2: And I think that's true for
1: everybody, you know, not just us consultants. But I, I think, you know, from the people I've talked to, man, that, that one bad client just wrecks your day, wrecks your life, it makes it harder for you to really get excited about your business.
2: It is. They, it's basically like they just sucked all the energy out of you exactly. for the rest of the day. And
1: exactly. This, That's so exactly
2: ta- right. When I'm talking to someone and they're having trouble determining who their ideal client is because, again, they're trying to reach everyone, and I start you know, in, interviewing them and asking them, who is your ideal client? Yeah. Sometimes I'll reverse it and say, who don't you want to attract? Let's see if we can ah. figure out that first. Okay, let's think about a bad client. Who don't you want? And then we can start figuring out who you do want. So that's the first aspect that we're going after is, is the desperate problem. The second aspect, which I mentioned, was the unique promise. So once we've figured out who we're going after, we're speaking to that person, we need some type of unique promise on our page. And this, you know, this this is really difficult for a lot of people. They they'll make a promise on the page that we can help, you know, that we can help our customers, we can, you know, deliver these benefits to our customers, but then it looks the same as everybody else's. The promise that they're giving is the same as everyone else. This is really difficult for clients that I've dealt with who are in professional fields, like they're a chiropractor or they're a CPA. And yeah. in those types of fields, sometimes they create their website for their peers instead of for their clients. They they don't want to offend any of their peers. They don't want any of their peers to talk down at them when they come to the website, but you can't build your website for your peers. You have to build it for the clients you want to attract. Who is your audience? And it's kind of funny. I've I've talked to people so many times. That's why it comes back to the desperate problem. The very first question I ask everyone that I deal with is who is your customer and what can you do for them? and then we start digging in, okay, what can we do uniquely for them? Let, let me give you an example. Um, I I have a lot of my clients, there's different types of business. Some of them are authors and speakers or other consultants, but I also deal with a lot of local business owners. Like right now, as direct one-on-one clients, I have an auto dealer, a CPA, a chiropractor, just as a few examples right now that I'm dealing with. The chiropractors, everyone knows you know, that they can deal with back problems. The chiropractors that I've worked with that we've done well on their website is we identify, again, a desperate problem and we'll often have multiple landing pages on their sites. And one of the landing pages might be for migraines, for example. Another landing page we might create for them that's about knee knee, knee pain specifically. And then by targeting those specific desperate problems, a lot of times by bringing in an example like this, it's easier to understand the different pieces. And, but we target a specific desperate problem like that, then we can come in to what their unique promise is. And just the fact that we targeted these separately, that almost implies unique promises it is without us having to make like any big promises on the page. We don't want to make any big cure promises or medical type promises on the page, but just the fact that we talk about this specific condition and that we can help with this condition. And then we post some proof, which is the next aspect, the overwhelming proof. We post some testimonials about this condition on the page that alone makes this chiropractor stand out uniquely, especially for this problem. So you can see when I talk about it that way, all the pieces are relying back to us finding a problem that we solve.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's great. Because I, I agree with you. I, I think it is a tremendously difficult thing for people to figure out what is unique about what they do. So that that's great. Okay.
2: We, cool. we, could, always, we could always dig in and find out what's unique about someone's business. A lot of times, here's how I do it for a lot of, a lot of clients I've helped them do it, is they'll often, we're we're taught to be humble, okay, so we're we're all overly humble, and we don't want to talk about where we stand out, and when I start talking to a client and they keep telling me that they don't have anything unique about them, I ask to see any testimonials or any reviews they have of clients, because a lot of times we can find their uniqueness in the testimonials, because the, the testimonial will say, I came to such and such a practice because of X. Okay. They, they'll um, often, the customers will give you the promise.
1: Yeah. Right. That's right. Interesting. I know I, I um, when I, I've done presentations for where I've said, you have to understand that the value and you have to understand it from their point of view. So if you don't know what it is, go ask them because they'll tell you. And so that, you know, it's somewhat the same thing. Find out what it is about you and your company that is attractive to the people you like, right? Because then that's what you want to talk about because then you're speaking to those kinds of customers.
2: Exactly. And then the, the third piece is the overwhelming proof. You can think about those as the three P's, P's, the problem, promise, and proof. Overwhelming proof means that online especially, people don't believe you. Okay, if if you call out an audience, and you make them a promise that you can help them, they don't go forward to the next step, simply because they don't believe you. And We need to work in different elements of proof onto your site. I mean, the obvious ones are like testimonials or even like a full case study. And I just describe a case study as we expand out a testimonial a little further, telling the whole story, the problem that they were in, the promise that you made to them, how you helped them, the little process that you took them through. So that's a case study. But one of my favorite elements of proof now is doing a video demonstration, and there's a there's a lot of ways you can use video on websites for example a dentist could put videos of some of the procedures up on all- up on their website, and they could talk about during the procedures why this is a painless procedure. They, the Chiropractors have done the same thing. They've shown not as much their procedures online, but a lot of times we try to bring in testimonials, and it, it's really interesting. I've had a lot of clients that we've tested this with, and this is something that a lot of local business owners don't like to do, but it's worked every time I've done it, and that is just getting them to come on for a short video where they talk about the audience that the problem, they talk about the promise that they can offer. And they actually, they go through, you can pretty much talk about the golden glove we're sharing. They go through it in like one and a half minutes to two minutes on a video where we actually have them live on the video. Every single client that I've had do that has increased the sales on the website because just uh-huh. having them on the video is an element of proof.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause people can see, that's interesting. That's what I think about public speaking that, that, you know, then people can see if you really know what you're talking about and see what, you know, what you're like so they can decide if you're someone that they would want to do business with.
2: Well, It's almost like, think about it this way. You're searching the Internet, and on the Internet, the biggest problem with the Internet is while you can reach a huge audience, the biggest problem is you have competition that's only one click away. So I visit yeah. three different websites that talk about that they do what you do. And of the three, you're the only one that comes on the video, on a video and actually shares with me what you do. I can see you. I can get a little bit more of that relationship. And a good example of this is, you know this from public speaking, selling online is more difficult than selling in person. Okay. There's not even any contest there. Okay. It's so much easier to sell in person where you can have someone respond back and forth, but also that in person, they get to see you, they get to connect with you and they have that credibility that you're standing in front of them. And same thing. If I had a dentist or a chiropractor, we don't just put them on video. We make sure we put on their lab coat when they go on the video. Okay. Because there's an element of credibility that comes in there. I have a client that runs an auto dealership up in Canada and we make a lot of sales from videos, and this is amazing for auto dealers. We make a lot of sales on Facebook from videos that they run at his auto dealership. And a lot of times, the videos that we do are like, like simple iPhone videos. They pull up their One of them pulls out the iPhone. One of the salespeople stands in front of a vehicle, and then they demonstrate it. They, you know, they walk around it. They open the doors. They move the seats around. They show us the vehicle on a video demonstration. And they sell a lot of vehicles on Facebook just doing something simple like that.
1: That's so great. That is great. And who would ever think of that? I mean, it's so, you know, because you become relatable. And I guess what, because your competition is not doing it. So it and, puts you at a different level.
2: And, and this is actually funny. And this um, <laughs> might offend someone who does like video services here. But we tested it in his business, in the auto dealership business. And he is much better off with it looking like a video that the salesperson just turned on an iPhone and started talking. As You need to have good audio in the video. But that's easy to create now with microphones and the aspects we have here. We're much better off them just coming on and start talking than them making a very professional video production. We've tested it both ways. They're better off salesperson, somebody who you know, can talk to a customer, and that's all they're doing in the videos. They're just talking to a customer. Much better off than a, we'll say, a fully polished presentation, right. which people think is too slick.
1: So that's really great. And and I'm so glad that you said that because I hear that a lot from people when we talk about video and they say, yeah, but it has to be really professional and I don't have, you know, the money for a whole production, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, hearing that, that you can just pull out your iPhone and go ahead and do it because it's even, you know, for some industries and for some target audiences, it makes you more connected then that, that's like liberating for so many small business owners.
2: It, it really is. A lot of aspects here, just think about it. everyone is overwhelmed with marketing, 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 marketing. They're overwhelmed with promises that aren't true. And the more authentic you can be, the better off you are. And I mean, yeah. again, I'll mention the car, one of the v- videos I remember watching from the car dealer that he he had me look at from from one of his salespeople is a salespeople salesperson just went on the video and he had like 20 coupons and the whole point of this video was to get um, 20 women to come in and test drive some of the vans they had and so they he actually had 20 coupons from a local hairdresser and he said I have 20 of these you can see them right in my hands I have 20 of these <laughs> that's how many I have the first 20 <laughs> women who come in and say they want one of these you know I'm gonna give it to you. For you taking a test drive of one of these vans right, right here that's behind me. I mean, we're talking like a two-minute video. That's all he did, and they sold something like, uh, they sold well, like, like five plus vans from that, something like that. The wow. people, people coming in just doing test drive, just simple getting on there and saying it, being authentic. And that's something we found really key. That my the auto dealer I work with compared to other auto dealers, is a lot of auto dealers um, will just say have a reputation for not being fully honest. That's how we're going to describe it. Um, he is very honest on the specials that he makes. So if he says that we're having a special at this price, then they have that special on this price on the car that they're showing. If he says, you know, we have 20 of these, they actually show it. We have these 20. This is what we have. Whatever offer he's making, they're very picky about making sure that they do exactly what they promise for their customers that come in because it, they have those videos. And then on Facebook especially, it gets shared around with everybody. So, I mean, they they have sales videos, and one of their car salespeople even goes on the video and says, I'm I'm Facebook's favorite salesperson. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm Facebook's favorite (laughs) salesperson. So he starts the video saying, I'm a salesperson, you know, come on down. And people share those videos at times because they've built a reputation of, you know, having fun and being honest on whatever specials they're saying.
1: Yeah, having fun is a big deal, I think, as well, because it really shows that your authenticity, if you're really um, enjoying yourself. So what's the fourth?
2: The the fourth piece is this, the irresistible offer. The irresistible offer means that we have something, especially on the front end, when we're talking about your website, that gets people in the door. And basically, it's something that's kind of irresistible to to them. As you just noticed, I mentioned a couple for the car dealer. And then like a chiropractor, my clients who do the chiropractic often will have like a discount first visit. I mean, we've done where The first visit is $29, and that includes an adjustment, and that includes a report of fines. That includes your examination, x-rays, if necessary, and it's just $29 to come in and try that. And that's, that's an irresistible offer. In that market, for my clients who do consulting or sell different types of information products and courses online, a lot of times our very first offer is something that we're given free, free content, a free training video that we offer you. Um, sometimes a free cheat sheet that people download about the subject that gives them value and information. So we're doing some type of irresistible offer to bring people in. And this isn't just for, you know, the front end of bringing people in. This is any offer that you're making. We'll always try to think about how can we make this worth more than the price that we're asking? How can we make it stand out from the competition and be something that really excites the customers? Because at that point in time, if they trust you, are you given a good enough offer for them to pull out a credit card at that point purchase? And then the final piece is a reason to act now. And the reason to act now is really important. Although this is probably even more difficult to get clients to do than coming up with a unique promise. A reason to act now means that there's some type of scarcity some reason that they have to act now for the offer. Again, if we went back to the auto dealer when he said we had 20 of these coupons, he honestly had 20 of those coupons in his hands, and that's how many they he had to give away. That's, that's scarcity. That's a reason to act now. Like the chiropractic offer, often if we do a $29 special or something like that, we often will do it for a limited time, especially if we do any type of advertising. Let's say that we put up a Facebook ad. Well, if we put up a Facebook ad during the time we're running the Facebook ad, we'll be running some type of special like that to the Facebook ad for a specific condition as we'll talk about. And there's a lot of different reasons. Uh, uh, one of the best ways to describe the reason to act now is that all of us like to procrastinate. I like to procrastinate. Um, <laughs> the, I'm one of the people who regularly puts things in my Amazon shopping cart to buy someday that I eventually come back to in the shopping cart and delete half of them before I ever purchase them, just because I procrastinate finishing the purchase on those yeah. types of products. And, Your customers do the same thing. The actual numbers on shopping cart abandonment online, I hear different stats quoted, but the reality usually runs somewhere between about 70 and 80%. 70 to 80% of products put into a shopping cart, but they don't complete the purchase. Okay.
0: that—that
2: that is powerful. That's across all e-commerce that we're talking about for online. And so it's gonna be the same for your business. People will be almost ready to yeah. hit the button almost ready right to come into your office, but they're stopped by something. That's reason whenever we can, your best results are going to be some reason to act now. It could be a bonus that you get. It could be a price discount. Retailers are really good at this with sales. Uh, let's talk Black Friday sales, Easter sales, Fourth of July yeah. sales. There's always a sale going on at <laughs> the retailer because there has to be a reason to act now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, thanks for describing it that way, too, because it, it, I, I can visualize it. I can even think about um, actually some of my buying habits because of that. So that, that's um, very interesting. Okay. So go, go ahead and then I'm going to take a sponsor break.
2: Okay. Well, so just think about it. Those are the five pieces in the Golden Glove. If your website isn't converting, it's not giving you the numbers you want, you're not generating subscribers, you're not generating sales, you're not generating leads, you're missing at least one of the five pieces.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. Let me take a quick sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Secret of Peak Productivity by Tamara Miles and The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Both of those folks have been guests on this podcast. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're talking to Terry Dean about increasing sales online without being salesy. That's why this is one of my favorite topics. So I'd like to talk to you about email marketing, if we could, um, for a couple of minutes, because I... Um, I, I don't think people realize that that is part of an on, or can be part of an online marketing strategy. And um, so I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, the concept of, of using it in online marketing and um, mistakes you, you see business owners making when it comes to
2: email. All of my clients use email heavily in their business. And if you actually went to any of my clients, you would see that somewhere, on the website, we offer a free gift if you subscribe to our list. On a website such as mine, I give away a free report on generating more sales with email, obviously, because it fits one of the things I do. Uh, another client, like a CPA practice client that I have, he has a report that is about seven ways that business owners are overpaying on their taxes, as one of the things that he generates to get people to opt in to a list. And then once we get people on a list, The benefit becomes that now you can contact them over time. You can build a relationship over time. And a good way to describe this was early on for me. I remember I spoke at one of my first um, business conferences, and someone actually came up to me at the conference and asked me to sign a three-ring binder they had put together where they had printed out all of the emails I had sent them. And we're talking a couple of years of emails. They've been on my list for a couple of years. They printed out those and asked me to sign it as a book because I didn't have a book at that time or anything of that nature. And so they, they created one out of my emails that they've saved it. And I, with my email list specifically, there's a lot of times I make sales pretty early on in a sequence, like the first 30 days somebody's on a list. But there's been other times that I'll have a client sign up for my coaching services, which it's pretty premium coaching that I do. It's not low cost to to hire me directly. And they've often been on my list two, three years. And in some cases, they might not have even purchased any other product that I sell. They've just been on my list hearing from me. And over that time, they got to a situation that they wanted my help on something. And they just hired me after two years of sitting on the list, not really buying anything up till then. And that's an example of my own business. And then my clients see very similar results In their own businesses, like the CPA will send out emails and some clients will come to him and hire him immediately. But in a CPA practice, of course, there's a huge push for new clients at the beginning of the year, January through April, as people need their taxes done, which we can then convert into ongoing clients, especially business clients. But that means that much of the rest of the year, there's not really a reason to act now in May or June, so it's sometimes tough, but we get them on his list. He sends out content, he sends out value, he builds a relationship, and then when it comes time, when we now have a strong Reason Act now, he generates a lot of leads and sales from that email list as you're coming in. And so email, it, I would describe it as one of the most powerful tools we have available to us online. Yeah. But so many people do it badly. And okay.
1: They, <laughs> when they do it
2: badly. So, so when they do it badly, here's how you can do email badly. If you get someone on your list and you just send one pitch after another, and I'm going to be one of the people that tells you not to copy the big Fortune 500 companies, at least most of them, most of the big retailers, things like that, they do it, what I would describe as badly. It might work for them because they have such high volume. That goes through, but as a small business, don't copy them. Don't send out pitch after pitch after pitch. And there's actually a mistake the other side. Some people will tell you just to send content, 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 and almost never make a pitch, and that's wrong also. I've had clients. It's actually the hardest email list for me to turn into conversions and sales is someone who's built up an email list and all they've done is send high quality content, we'll say for six months or a year, and they haven't made any promotions to the list, I find those really hard to convert with, because everyone gets angry the moment you send one promotion. Yeah, never promoted anything. So what I do is kind of a mixture. And I call it the three E's. And the three E's of email for me are entertain, educate, earn. And if you look at Hmm the emails I send and the clients, the emails my clients send, at least 95% of the emails we send hit all three points. That we entertain, we educate, we earn. And those three pieces mean, the entertainment means that we do something to grab attention, something that's a hook. And my favorite ways to do emails is to start off with just a little story. And a story could be me talking about something when I was a child. Um, I recently sent an email that performed extremely well that talked about how my father thought I was crazy when I started online business. And I just went back to, he was a good man. I told the story about how I started online business and he had worked for the city his whole life. Basically, he had worked at one job for like 40 years and yeah. a nice, reliable job. And when I started online business, he thought I was absolutely crazy. And I talked about that. that. That email performed extremely well because of the emotional component c- component, and the story that I told at that point. And then I, I said the second aspect. So the first aspect is entertainment. And the easiest way to do that, since a lot of us don't like to tell jokes, things like that, is to tell a story. That's a little more um, detailed of a story, but sometimes my story is as simple as a, a subscriber recently sent me the question, and then I mentioned what the question is, and then the rest of my email answers the question. That's what I call a mini story. Somebody sent me this email, or I was speaking on the phone with a client, and we talked about this. That's a mini story, and I'll start a lot of emails like that. So the first part is something entertaining to get their attention, to tell a story, to get them hooked in. And the second aspect is to educate, which means pretty much not every email, but the vast majority of emails I send – I think back to cartoons, okay, well, I, this was a long time ago, but I was thinking back to the cartoons that I watched when I was a kid, and a lot of times those cartoons, I remember G.I. Joe did it, and some of the other cartoons I watched, they always said, and the moral of today's story is, and <laughs> I do the same thing in my emails, I don't say the moral of today's story is, but there's always a point to the story that I told, so when I talked about my father thinking I was crazy when I got started, was I basically went to the point that sometimes those around you are gonna think you're crazy. Sometimes you're gonna have to do something that stands out. Example again, I'm telling you, if you're a professional, you're gonna have to create a website that your peers probably don't like. Okay, that's the little educational element that I would work in if I was writing directly to you off that story. So there's a piece where I come in and give a component, a tool, a tip that someone can use. And then the third aspect is earn vast majority of emails, I'll make at least a short offer at the very end. I'm not like pitching, I'm not in your face. It's almost just like a mention at that product. Remember that offer, I just mentioned the fact that I have a print newsletter at the end of it. And if you'd like to join my print newsletter where I can come alongside you monthly, providing my best details and information, then click here to find out more. And it took them over to my website that sells that newsletter. That's pretty much my pitch in the email. And that's after like 400 words of telling a story and giving you the lesson. like that.
1: That's great. I think um, a a lot of people don't do that E because it makes them feel uncomfortable, and they're not thinking about. I mean, sometimes I think they're not thinking about the long-term strategy of, you know, get people to um, stay with you. You know, get them to continue to connect with you so that as like the example of the guy who took two years and then finally hired you, you know, then when they're ready, you've built that trust and that relationship with them. So you're most likely the one they're going to reach
2: out to first. And and here's the thing. If you're not making that little connection, that link to your website, that little offer in every email, they're going to read one of your emails. They're going to emotionally bond with you. And then if you didn't connect with them there to take them to your website, to take them further, you now have to hope they go find your information to contact you, or they wait to the next email you send for an offer. And to me, that's just crazy, the hope yeah. that it's here. I, I want my offer, even when I'm being gentle, I'm not, you know, I'm not being pitchy when I'm talking about it like that at all. I'm just making a mention, hey, I do this. It's, it's basically the fact, you can almost say that I have the attitude, I'm in a business, I make offers, I make sales. And I'm going to give you value. I'm going to have fun with you in my emails. And, you know, but I'm here in a business. Okay, so here's what I have to offer as well. And that's always there in every email. And that little aspect that I mentioned there, I'm I'm having fun, is you want to have fun when you put together the emails. The emails that I write that do the absolute best, either I'm having a lot of fun when I'm writing them, or on the other side, I might be emotional or even to the point where I'm angry at something when I'm writing. Sometimes one of my best emails is just doing a rant. Like I will rant about something horrible that's going on in the industry that's not right. And those perform really well also when I do something like that. Quick tip, if you ever write an angry email, make sure to wait to at least one day before you send it so you can read through it and make sure that's what you really want to say. <laughs> but they work really oh, well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> very good point that is exactly right so the 24-hour roll right
2: it, it, it you definitely want to wait 24 hours a lot of times i'll write several emails all at once and then wait to the next day to go through and review them and then i'll schedule them to go at spe- out at specific times and specific days uh, and i separate the writing and editing into two steps but it, it's funny that If you allow yourself to feel the emotion, you're having fun, you're happy, you're sad, you're uh, angry, that emotion comes through when you're right. So I tell people to let the emotions flow. Think about email. The best way to think about it is think about it as if you sat down with some business associates at a friendly lunch. Okay, so any story that you tell at this friendly lunch. You know, it's not, it's not a working lunch. It's just a friendly lunch. Any story you tell there, you can tell by email. You know, anything that you'd feel free to share with this audience, I share by email because I'm writing to one person and it's a, it's a friendly discussion that I'm having with people. And and once you do this, people connect with those stories that come back to you. Like, I'll I'll tell you an email that was hard for me to write, but I did it because it's just how I share now. I had a, a, um, German shepherd that I loved, and he passed away. like It was like an instant death. We were just out playing, and he just fell over. And within like five minutes of falling over, he died before anything else. And that was really upsetting to me. And uh, the next day, I wrote an email about it. And and that's one of the few emails I wrote that I didn't have any pitch in the email. There's no pitch whatsoever in the email Ah. because it's just an emotional email that's sharing of how upset I was. And it was relevant to my business because I work at home. So he was my closest, we'll say he's my closest employee and he works for Doggy Bones, but the, <laughs> I, sh- I shared that in my email and it's amazing how many people replied back to me saying things like, you know, they cared. I mean, I got dozens and dozens of replies back, including a couple of people who even told me that next time I have a sale, they're going to buy whatever I'm offering just because they could feel how real I was. And authentic, wow. I was in a case like that. So even at that case, I wasn't going to use that to make sales. It's just the fact that I, I am totally authentic at, as much as I can possibly be with my email list, and it makes sales. And again, yeah. again, your peers might not like it if you're in a professional service, if you do things like this, but, but your clients do.
1: And that's really what matters. So talk to me about... Um, people coming up with their origin story you might have to tell me what
2: story is well an origin story is i'm going to get nerdy with you for a second and that is i'm real as much as i could be here and that is uh, i i liked comic books a lot growing up and pretty much every superhero has an origin story and the origin story let's talk about a popular one Superman, everyone knows that Superman came from Krypton, or another one, Spider-Man's super popular. Um, Spider-Man and his uncle Ben dying, and I mean, how many times have movies told the same origin story of why he's Spider-Man? And with great power comes great responsibility. A line that if you've read anything from Spider-Man, watched any Spider-Man movies, you've probably heard at least a dozen times somewhere. And that's his origin story. And every superhero has an origin story. And every business owner, every business has an origin story also. Your origin story is why you do what you do. And it really comes back to when did you decide to do what you do? An example, a chiropractor that I've worked with before. He was in pre-med, so he, he had planned to go on to become to become a medical doctor. And while he was his origin story, was the fact that. He was injured. He took an elbow to the jaw, and ended up with TMJ playing basketball. And he, he tried all the. He went to a lot of doctors. They couldn't do anything. And he went to a chiropractor, and the chiropractor was able to solve the problem. He didn't have the pain anymore, and that changed what you know his plans while he was still in college. So we call that an an inciting incident. And he in his advertising, pretty much every ad he ran, we mentioned that story somewhere. With my origin story, you'll notice that in the little bio I gave you, it mentioned that I delivered pizzas for little Caesars for eight bucks an hour. And it's funny, that's part of my origin story that I came online from that experience. And you get tired of telling a story like this if you if you speak or you do a lot of emails or videos or things like that but i found this was specifically when i was doing presentations in front of audiences that whenever i left out my origin story i had less responses less leads less sales huh. less you know great reviews because i left out the origin story even if your origin story is just a few minutes long that you share it shares why You do what you do. And a lot of times it can come back to the unique promise we're talking about. And that is why you're different from everyone else. And I always go into clients and we try to find what the origin story is. I, I want it on an about page on their website. And I like to have it in the first few emails that goes out after someone subscribes to their list. We put it on an autoresponder. Sometimes we'll have the origin story in one email. Sometimes I'll spread it across a couple of emails that We'll send out to new subscribers, letting people know, again, it's, it's being authentic and letting them know why you do what you do and why you do it differently than other people in your market.
1: That, that's great. Thank you. I, I had a feeling that's what the origin story was, but um, I wanted to make sure. Now, you said that you set up an autoresponder so that in the first couple is the first email, the first couple of emails that someone gets once they sign up for your um, e-newsletter, you're telling them the origin story. Yes. So that's part of the pro- your process, right? That, that's it, part of your system for being able to connect with people in a non-salesy
2: sort of way. It is. And I'll even say this. This is how you get past sales resistance at times. Okay. You know, the, the fact is someone, they sign up for your list. Okay. A lot of people times, sometimes it's difficult to get people to sign up for your list or even to go further in your website because they expect you're going to sell them. And yes, we are going to sell them something <laughs> eventually. That's our goal is to sell them something, but it takes a little bit of a detour when you start telling origin story up front. And it, get, it don't, comes back to my model of email where it can be entertaining. We tell your story. You can often do it pretty quickly. And there's a story that you start with first. And then while you're telling the story, you're telling people, why you do what you do, and you're also telling them that you care. For example, if we go back to the chiropractor who injured his jaw before he became a chiropractor, that also, by telling that story, it shows empathy, that he had pain. He tried everything. He was on painkillers. And when we actually tell the story, we go into a little bit more of those details. A lot of things are going to match up with the same desperate problem his clients have, his patients have. And so, you tell that story, it shows that you have empathy and people will say, okay, so that, so he actually cares about wow. me because of this story. I don't know if this other person does that. I just saw their ads.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Thanks for using that as an example. Cause that, that is, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, um, it, it's sort of, I guess, slowing the process down, which I think is really valuable. But letting, when you let someone else really see who you are and that origin story, then they um, relax with you, right? That they, they stop feeling like you're out to, you know, you're only interested in selling something. It really feels like you're trying to build a relationship
2: with them. I mean, it goes back to that cliche that I'm sure everyone's heard, which is people don't care how much you know. Until they know how much yeah. you care. And yeah. we're, we're demonstrating that in your origin story also. And a really good origin story, you face a problem or somebody close to you faces a problem. Like I've had other clients that they ended up doing what they do because their father or an aunt or someone else. Motivated them to go this direction, or they saw the pain that somebody else went through, and they can tell a story like that. Or even you might already be in practice. Your story could come later. You're already in practice. You're already doing what you do, but you you invented a new method because of a struggle you went through with a client that wasn't getting results. For example, I, I'm not going to go too much detail here to mess up my client's business here. But for example, on a fitness side, you run into a client that isn't losing weight no matter what you do and you have to get around it in some way. And you have to figure out how to make it work for them. And that can become almost like an extended origin story because this is why your methods are different than everybody else. Now it's because what you went through trying to get results for this person.
1: Yeah. So, so you so. really want to pay attention to how things are going and what's really making a significant difference because, that helps tell your story for you.
2: It really does. What you've done, look back at experiences. I pretty much say when you do email marketing the correct way online, you communicate with people. And when I say email marketing, a lot of clients use the exact same process that I'm talking about here in videos and audios, other things that they do, they'll tell stories. We'll use methods like this. But I talk about it as email because that's where I've used it the longest. And when you do stuff like this, you're building that relationship and you'll end up telling your story multiple different times. You'll tell it multiple different ways. You'll tell different stories. You'll tell different case studies from clients in email. And this this will sound strange to some people, but this is one of the advantages of email is some of your emails aren't it will seem like nobody responds. You sent it into a black hole and never heard from them again. No, nobody responded to this email. You'll have other emails that you get a lot of responses. You generate a lot of leads. If you sell directly online, such as an e-commerce website, you'll make a lot of sales from those emails. And so I just start sifting and sorting, okay, this email didn't do well. This email did really well. And we'll resend that email. Here's another little tip. If you have an email that does really well, I find that you can pretty much send almost the exact same email about every six months and people don't even notice. So Wow, really? Really? And the ones who do notice are happy to, to get it again. I, I noticed you, you mentioned, Diane, about doing a lot of speaking. And yeah. this, this is something that pretty much every professional speaker has noticed. You tell some of the same stories at your diff, different presentations. And I've had people come up before I spoke and ask me, am I going to tell the story about X again? Are you going to tell about the, the cow again? And they're, they're wanting to hear the same story again, even though I told it last time. And it's, it's the same thing in email. They'll enjoy the email again, as long as you wait about six months or more for it. And you could run it again. I have one client right now that we basically set up his special. So his Black Friday special, his New Year's specials, different specials for every, every month. He has at least like a three to five day period. We run a special. And we pretty much at this point in time in his business, we run the exact same emails for the Black Friday special. We've run it for the last three years in a row. And awesome response, exact same emails for the whole thing, and the same process for every other special that he has for the year. We're running the exact same New Year's one, the exact same Easter specials, exact same emails that we ran the year before, and they work just as well running it, so you're going to find that we, we send out this email. It works really well. We might resend it in six months, or I'll take it and put it back into an autoresponder sequence, so all new subscribers get it perhaps in the first 30 days sometime they get this email because it worked really well.
1: Yeah. So, but the key there is that it works really well.
2: It works really well. And see, I'm even telling you with all the experience I have, I still have a couple of emails that don't work really well. <laughs> they, they do okay, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they're not exciting. There's not a huge number of sales coming through, not a huge number of leads. So not every email performs with an awesome results. But again, yeah. my attitude then is I send out the email. Well, I can send out another email here in a couple of days. I can send out another email tomorrow. I can send another one next week. Big tip with email marketing is no matter how busy you are, I tell every client that the minimum to send out an email is once a week. Because if you send really? less, your spam complaints go up pretty badly. So that's, that's bizarre. So that is the minimum because people like lose that connection with you. So I, I push hard to go at least one email a week. And then I have a lot of clients who do many more than that, like three to five emails a week for many clients. But one's like the minimum or your response starts going down.
1: Okay, so let me ask you a question about that because I can just hear people screaming while they're listening to this, screaming to themselves saying, okay, seriously, I could not possibly create that much content. So (laughs) how do they create good content quickly, often, in the right in enough
2: quantity well anyone who's going to be upset with it remember for these emails they don't have to be long a lot of the emails mine are a little bit on the longer side but i'm a writer i write books and things so i a lot of my emails run like 500 words or more a lot of my clients their emails are 200 to 300 words they're not very long for these emails they're just a quick story quick tip you know little quick offer so th- there are a lot of short emails that we send out and anyone who says that they can't sell first this much content, the first thing I ask is, are you telling me that over an entire week, over an entire week, there's no story that you'd want to share with your spouse when you got home over an entire week in your business? Not a single story that you want to share when you get home because I'm going to share the same story that I would have shared (laughs) with my spouse. I have one every day that I can talk about at this point. But I mean, there's at least one that you can share. Because remember, we're being very casual with this. We're, you know, Someone that got help, someone that got mentioned, something that somebody came in and asked a question to you directly. Here's the answer to the question. Because if they ask the question, other people have the same question. Those little things, that can be very quick to do. And I mean, a lot of times, you write something out like this, you can write all the emails for the whole month in an hour. So you could write four emails in the next hour, hour and a half, if you had the time to do this. Let's take a different approach, though. One of the best ways to come up with a lot of content is to sit down and kind of do what we're doing here. Just have someone sit down and interview you about why you do what you do. It's a good way to come up with your origin story, by the way, also. And just start asking questions because you'll notice we're not really having any trouble having a discussion here about what I know or what I can share or bringing up stories. And some of that's because of practice. But I mean, we could probably go all day long if we wanted to. We won't, but we probably could. all day long just because we're just sharing we're just having an interview if you have someone who's curious about what you do again make sure it's not a peer this is not going to work if they do the same business as you okay because they're not curious you want somebody outside your business where even you know a simple detail is like oh you do it that way why do you do it that way it's just that you want them curious and asking questions about the subject and they'll pull this content out of you and then that little interview you could have someone transcribe it you can go over to Upwork and hire some people, someone to write short emails based off of your content. See what you don't want to do is you don't want to just go out and hire an outside service to write emails for you unless yeah. that person's going to ask you questions, unless that person's going to use your stories. See, you create an audio like this, you can ha- then have someone pull from that and create emails for, for you because now they can tell your stories because you just told it. And Yeah. You know, That's so, great.
1: That, that, and that's really good advice About because, I, I, you know, once again, this is another thing I hear all the time is, you know, is there someone who can write my content for me? And I'm thinking, well, they have to know your voice and they, you know, you don't want them just doing it. And people have tried it, who I know, and they've not been happy with what the other person's writing. It's like, of course, because they're not in your head. And they're, you know, they're going off and they're doing. They're not finding out enough about how to write from your point of view.
2: Exactly. See, if you if you do the interview like this and then you have someone transcribe it and now they have it sitting in front of them, your stories and whoever is interviewing you on it, they should ask you for a story. Like, could you tell me that happened? And if they need to, they should even pull it out. Could you give me an example? Yeah. It's a great question for them to ask. And you give me an example of that? Because then they have your stories and then whoever writes your emails for it can just use your stories. They can use the content that you're giving. That's what they write from and that's what they produce for, for you. I've had the same experience as you. If they just go off and hire someone to write emails, oh. to write content, the content doesn't work. It, does, it doesn't work yeah. because it doesn't have that personal component.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's just, it's, it's a little too academic. So, um, all the stuff that we've talked about, um, and we talked a lot about email, but I guess my question is, does, does, do the same methods work for like blog posts and we talked a little bit about videos, but you know, other forms of content other than email.
2: It it definitely does. These same methods work for the golden glove that I talked about for your website. I found that you could use it for any form of persuasion. So anywhere that you're doing persuasion, you can look at the same process. Did you cover these five fingers of the golden glove? Are you doing, for example, a webinar or even a live presentation if the presentation is designed to persuade, do you make sure that those five components come in, especially at the end of the presentation? The methods of actually doing the entertain, educate, earn, and telling stories like this—you definitely want to use them with blogging. You want to use them with online videos. A blog, you're gonna usually blog posts are gonna be longer than what I just described to you of like the 200, 300, 400 words. Usually, be a lot longer. Google yeah. especially likes long blog posts. Sadly, okay. but that's what they like for good for good organic listings, but so you'll have longer pieces of content, but you're still gonna use the same methods. For example, in an email, I might cut down the origin story or take it over two or three emails. If I was doing a blog post for it, it might the whole story might be expanded out. In one blog post telling more about the story giving some additional lessons from the story things like that but it's going to be the same methods that i use we do the same thing on youtube videos I have a lot of clients who use youtube videos and a lot of clients use facebook videos especially when we're advertising on facebook and we use the same methods there as well
1: fabulous okay so i i this this has been so great and i what i always end up saying this well not always but Many times I end up saying that I learned something which uh, then I know my listeners are learning a lot. So, and I've been taking notes. So I really, uh, really appreciate this information. Terry, can you, and, and I think there's a lot more that we could talk about, but we don't have time to do it. Plus I want people to seek you out and, you know, have, uh, you know, get on your newsletter list or whatever it is and be able to engage with you directly. So would you please tell them, Tell my listeners um, how they can find you, what you got going on, all that stuff.
2: Okay, so the easiest way to find me is to go to mymarketingcoach.com, and it's spelled just like it sounds, mymarketingcoach.com, all one word that you type in, and you go over to my website there. And I first have a free gift if you opt into my email list. And, of course, then you can see my emails in action. And I would like you to opt into my email list. The free gift that I give you is seven unique ways to create profitable emails, even if you're not a writer. And I'll give you a little tip behind the scenes. I talked about the origin story as one type of story here. The seven unique ways are different types of stories that you can tell. And I tell you how hmm. to come up with those stories. And I even give you a cheat sheet at the end of the report that are 64 story starter questions. So questions you can ask yourself to come up with ideas for stories you will come up with ideas nice. for your emails. And so that's you can pick that up for free at mymarketingcoach.com. And then I also recently released a book that talks a lot about these methods, about using content online to sell without selling. And the title of the book is How to Sell Without Selling, The step by step to Attract Ready-to-Buy-Clients, Create Passive Income, and Make More Money While Making a Difference. And you can pick it up on Amazon and either a Kindle version or a print paperback version, and the easiest well, way to get to it is to again type in my domain name, mymarketingcoach.com, and just add sell to the end of it, S-E-L-L, and that'll take you over to the Amazon listing. You can see the reviews, you can see how much people are enjoying it, and it really goes through and it gives you a lot more detail about everything we talked about here.
1: Oh, that's great! Thank you, and congratulations on the book. Um, and, and thank you so much for offering all the stuff that you do to not only my listeners, but to the people who sign up for your newsletter. It's really awesome. Um, so thanks for spending this time with me and, uh, thank you, my listeners for, um, tuning in and spending some time with us learning about how to not be salesy, but grow your business online. Uh, and I'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. Get your free trial and a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth. Continue, please, to be prosperous and be curious and try new things. Uh, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner.